some funky shit with the editing uh, last week. Oh, is that because of the, um, we had to stop halfway through? Yeah, so what I did was I did it like, um, like I combined all the files at first and then did the silence pass. And I was like, okay, I think I got it. I think it worked, you know, like I tried to line up everything like without listening to it. <laughs> like I'm just like lining up all the bars and shit. Yeah, like, oh, I think I got it. I think I nailed it. And then, of course, I get to that halfway mark where, like, we stop the recordings and then it's just totally out of sync. It's completely out of sync from that point on. And then I still have like an hour to go. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So then I had to, like, chop it again, redo the silence pass with the other half of the files. And then, yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> it got funky. It's my bad. Um, my bad. I, I caused no, the, it's right. the stop stoppage last week. No, it's all right. Like we, it was such a long fucking episode. Anyway, it still ended up being an hour, 56 minutes, even with all the edits. Well, at least we were under the two hour mark. Yeah. Yeah. Because the recording was like. It was like almost like two and a half. Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. Um, but now it's not too bad. Like I, I have a I bought an MMO mouse, even though I don't play the MMO with a mouse. Um, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I bought it uh, mostly because it has a bunch of buttons. And so like I have like keyboard shortcuts assigned to the buttons. So it's actually made editing uh, a lot easier. So like I can just like one handed do a lot of the editing. You're uh, you're going for the speed run of editing. Yeah, a little bit. Just trying to trying to get that get that going. You're min maxing um, your editing. Yeah. You don't even want to know what I'm attempting to do with all these fucking computers I have, though. Oh, my God. I'm looking I'm looking at uh, KVMs, which are they're basically things that allow you to switch um, monitor and keyboard and mouse setups between different computers, like when you hit a button. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you'd think something that simple. It's like, oh, yeah, OK. You know, you just buy one of those um, for whatever reason. They are stupid expensive. They are stupidly expensive, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, so I've been shopping around for those and trying to find one that makes sense uh, because I have too many computers and too many monitors. And trying to find the right specifications for all of them is annoying. It's like the more devices you get, the more complex your issues become. Uh-huh, uh-huh, a little bit, yeah. And then I got the MacBook, and then the Macs apparently can only display out to an additional monitor. They can't do multi-monitor which is fine. I don't really give a shit because it's mostly supposed to be the laptop anyway. But now that I'm doing this ebook work on it, um, I'd like to display out to it, but I'd also like to use a fucking keyboard with it. So I'd like to share the keyboard between my desktop and the, the, the laptops. And so I'm looking for one of these devices. And it's like, wasn't the, the purpose of buying the Mac was to like streamline your, your work uh -huh. and everything. Mm -hmm. And it is to a degree. But now I need to refine the process. Uh huh. But I really don't want to spend five hundred dollars to do that. I can't spend five hundred dollars to do that. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I need to. I need to find a better solution. <laughs> I just want to be able to use the same keyboard with my desktop for the laptops, and that's also what's preventing me from getting a um, getting those YouTube streams going. Oh. From the uh, from the Razer. Uh, is because I need to be able to set that up and then set it and forget it. Um, but I need to like set it up. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So you, I need you can't to get, forget it until you set it. Right. So I need like a docking situation for that. And yeah, I, 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 I understand. Like I create problems for myself. I know this. You ever and thought about I, I, just I, like going off the grid, living off the land? Uh, honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
having a simple uh, life. Yeah, yeah. It really like gets to a point where I do feel like the end of Serial Experiments Lane, where like I'm just in this room, just surrounded by monitors and increasing supplies of computer chips and wires and things, and just becoming this mass of you know like singularity of technology. <laughs> uh, so maybe one day. Um, hey, what's up? It's the Denver Road Show. Episode 71. Oh, that's what we're dealing with. Uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's two dudes having a conversation. Two dudes that should call each other having a conversation. Uh, I want to start off with a dead letter. Uh, I got this one. This came into the actual uh, the podcast email. This came into video at deadandrow.co. Um, and the subject line is business attention with a lot of capital or, or a lot of exclamation points. Um, and it's from Gary Phillips. Uh, my name is Gary Phillips. After searching, I chose you as a partner to receive and to manage the available uh, 14, what is that, million? 14 million 700,000 uh, euros Whoa. for us. Reply here, and it's gary.ph at zohomail.eu for more information. Uh, so things are looking up for the podcast. Oh, um, I know how these work. I've I've encountered this before. They they need your credit card information so they can put the 14 million euros on your credit card, right? I think so, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I guess I have to contact them for some more information. Um, yeah. So things are looking up. Um, I'll get that money and then I can buy the stupid little box that I need for my laptops. Um, so yeah, that, that's how things are going. Uh, I mean, you just last week, you announced that you set up that, what was that website the, where you uh, could drop some donations? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the coffee, the Kofi page. Yeah. And look at that and look at what happens. So, yeah. So, if, so if anybody would like to, uh, just toss in a cool $14 million, uh, tip. Well, euros, that'd be fant- you'd have to euros, convert it. I'm sorry. You have to convert it. I think the Euro tanked, uh, recently. I don't know what the conversion is. Uh, you know, I'm not really into the Forex markets, but, um, yeah, uh, so that, that's, that's good. That I, I appreciate that, um, he realizes that we're very serious about business, uh, with all those exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have my attention. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, I, I totally did not have to go into my spam folder to check that out. Um, so now it's time for, uh, uh, to correct some mistakes that we've made. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this. So, uh, on a previous episode of the show, we talked about the chess and it'll be cheating scandal. And then we talked about it again. Um, and at a certain <laughs> point, uh, you, you declared that you were a big fan of, uh, Neiman. Um, Hell yeah. uh, so apparently <laughs> he's a big old cheater. Um, did you did you get a chance to uh, read into all this yet? Look, there's an old there's an old saying: if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I'm ready to uh, rescind my my previous endorsement. Um, if you're not first, you're last, I guess. Here, maybe I'll just go right to chess.com. Oh. Um, this is from September 11th, though, so that's not okay. NPR, how about that? I don't mind that they're uh, bankrolled by literal banks. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, last, last we talked about this, uh, some people on the podcast declared that, uh, Neiman was, uh, number one, um, big fan, uh, and the, um, Carlson, uh, accused him of cheating, but without any specific sort of allegations, just that he believed that, uh, Neiman was a cheater. And that part was true Uh, at the time. What do you mean? That he made accusations without backing it up in any way. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's, but yeah, so he didn't give any sort of uh, backing, just that he believed he was a cheater and that he had cheated for 
a long time uh, and cheated recently was this whole deal. Um, so now chess.com has come out with a 72 page report that uh, has documents and email conversations uh, that gives, I guess, proof that he cheats at chess. <laughs> Yes, the, not that he not story. that he necessarily cheated against Carlson, but that he does have a history of cheating online. Yes, because uh, as Chess.com says, they can't they they don't have any kind of proof that he cheats at in-person events. Right. Uh, and we knew this just, to a degree, right? Because when uh, Neiman spoke about his um, history of cheating online, he made it seem like he was doing it when he was very young, like, I don't know, like age 12 or so. And then Chess.com. Com, um came out with a very vague uh, statement where they banned him from the site because they thought he was downplaying uh, his amount of, of cheating. And, and now with this this report here, that's definitely the case. Yeah, uh, they say this is from the chess.com report, quote, Hans has likely cheated in more than 100 online chess games, including several prize money events. He was already 17 when he likely cheated in some of these matches and games. He was also streaming in 25 of these games. Um, and this says it's far more than the handful of games that were seemingly referenced in 2020 when the site initially suspended Neiman for six months. Um, Chess.com staff had lingering doubts about Neiman that only grew after the suspension as his ranking soared and he was getting a higher profile. Um, so they have Chess.com says they have an uh, a anti-cheat technology that's supposed to look for... Um, specific patterns from uh, chess engines, which we were not sure how advanced these were. We were like, are the computers actually better than the grandmasters? You would think that the grandmasters would have a, a, a higher level of play. Mm -hmm. um, well, apparently that is not the case. Apparently the computers uh, beat the grandmasters uh, every single time oh. at this stage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it's um, it's apparently more obvious whenever somebody cheats than I guess uh, us as you know laymen would sure. uh, figure. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the, they apparently have a an anti cheat system that can detect whenever one of these engines is being used, like the specific moves that it, it knows. Um, so yeah, they claim it's a multifaceted system um, that gathers information through the website's interface. Um, and there was um. This article doesn't have as much detail as the Wall Street Journal one, which is upsetting. Okay. Um, and chess.com. Okay. So yeah, so chess.com doesn't even like have a breakdown of it. They literally just slapped this 72 page report out there, which is okay. The Hans Neiman report. <laughs> Do they have like a conclusion? Um, well, you sort of went over the conclusion uh, initially, right? Is that he cheated in, in like a hundred or so matches? Yes. Um, so there was a whole thing about how like they really didn't want to comment on this thing. Yes. But they were um, their their hand was like, forced. Yeah, based on his comments and um, mm -hmm. everything else, uh, they they do give a timeline of the scandal actually, which is quite interesting at the beginning here. Um, oh, okay. So okay, this is what also what I wanted to mention. This is quite interesting that the Wall Street Journal touched on didn't really delve into it. Um, Chess.com is in the process of purchasing. Um, Magnus Carlsen's app is an app. Okay, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. So there's also a weird conflict of interest. Yeah. Now, of course, that this, that, you know, 
if he if dude cheated, he cheated, right? But there is a weird like non-partiality to chess.com. Yeah, they're just a company owned by people. They're just a, they're, they're yeah, not they're, like they're some like a, yeah, they're not like some uh I don't know, like government they, funded they, chess organization or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just happen to be the website that everybody uses to play chess. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. They are for profit. <laughs> they monetize things. They they run tournaments on Twitch. They do all sorts of things, and they work with these professional uh, chess players quite often. Yeah. Um. And so, like, before they even get into the details, their third bullet point here is uh, basically an FAQ. Did Magnus tell us to close Hans' account on Chess.com and or revoke his invite to the CGC? No, Magnus did not ask us to close Han's account or to rescind his invitation to the CGC. In fact, Magnus did not have any prior awareness of our decisions on either of those issues. Furthermore, we want to clarify that nobody asked us to remove Hans from the CGC, not Magnus, not Hikaru, not any other titled player. Um, however, numerous top players participating in our events have expressed private concern over Hans competing in our events for some time. Um, yeah, but like there's a weird there's a weird conflict there because like now they're like business partners with Carlson. Yes. Um, Which, like you said, I don't think that, you know, discredits what they've the report or anything like that or any of the no, news they've made. No, there's no indication it, it, of that. No, but I think it needs to be a bigger disclosure. Yes. Yes. Because I actually wasn't aware of that until just now. Right. Which is why I really wanted that fucking Wall Street Journal article. It's very annoying. Um, so yeah, like it, 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 it definitely seems like he cheated online. Um, like, and here they go into, uh, his specific comments. Um, other than whenever I was 12 years old, I have never, ever, ever, I would never do that. This is the worst thing that I could ever do. Cheat in a tournament with prize money. That's a lie now. Yeah. We know that's a right, lie. That's a lie. Uh, never when I was streaming, did I cheat? Also a lie. Um, these were random games. I would never, could never even fathom doing it in a real game. Another lie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now they have a, yeah. So now they have a complete break. There's a table here. Um, they have a number of games likely cheated in a uh, number of games in the event and match. So like Tuesday blitz number of games in the event slash match nine number of games likely cheated in nine uh, qualifier to uh, titled blitz Tuesday number of games in event 10 number of games likely cheated in 10 damn uh, pro chess league number of events 32 likely cheated in 12 games against Naroditsky another 14 uh, number of games cheated in 14 so other than other than the the pro chess league one where there was 32 games and he, they say he cheated in 12 of them he cheated in every single one of the games of these events. By the way, Naroditsky, just as a, an aside, is an excellent um, commentator. He's a grandmaster. Mm. And if you are interested in like learning stuff about chess, he's fantastic. He streams on Twitch. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so that was the other thing. I wanted to get into the streaming aspect of it because we were like, well, how could you know, how could you see like if you were looking at uh, another device or another screen, like wouldn't it be obvious? Um, and apparently, yes. It is obvious. So they have instances of video footage where he was streaming and he clearly pulls up another window or another screen and looks away from the game and then makes a move that they consider to be a chess engine move. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't necessarily sneaky about it. Um, then they have like data about his rank and how uh Whenever he would plateau, I guess it, he was not cheating. Right. And his rank would only only dramatically rise when he was cheating. So 
though. Yeah, the evidence is really piling up here. Um, and none of it speaks directly to his uh, over the board uh, tournament play. But like he's lied about so much when it comes to this that now it's a whole lot to give him. the. It, it just takes a lot more to give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to like the the Carlson matches, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. <laughs> I mean, I did. Yeah. I did say I did say that when I was like half tongue in cheek rooting for Neiman, I was like, I'm probably going to have to take this back in a few weeks. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's disappointing. You know, mm-hmm. um, it sucks that, uh, you know, somebody would take the uh, the shortcuts like this and, and try and move up the ranks in illegitimate ways. But and is obviously was obviously so confident about it, too, like with the, you know, doing it while streaming and just openly lying about uh, stuff that chess.com obviously has statistics on and could just give out to the public whenever they want to like they did here right and that was the other thing they said that they don't they don't ever comment on somebody getting banned right yeah these you are know. like special circumstances for yeah. sure yeah it, it would be almost um morally wrong for them to stay quiet here you know with the the degree that this scandal has blown up mm-hmm. um but yeah, so they have this whole document. It's up on chess.com. You can read through it. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, they go into the game against Neiman, the Sinkfield Cup game. They don't go in like specific detail. They just think it's odd the way that he discussed his post-match analysis of it where he seemed like he didn't really know what he was doing. Oh, yikes. Uh, is there sort of suspicion there? Mm-hmm. I mean, in a game like chess, where every single move is so calculated and you have a purpose behind it, that is uh, that's very telling. Yeah. He said that his success was not, quote, anything special, Um, which that's true um, (laughs) if you think about it. Right. Um, Yeah. They go into a couple specific moves that like he didn't explain properly or something like, you know, I I couldn't I I couldn't tell you that that night that night to E6. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hans's nine CXD four had only been played once previously. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm actually trying to decipher that and I don't I, even I, know. I, I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, so yeah, so that's up there. Um, and that's probably uh, our last update on the chess cheating scandal for now. Hey, I made it to a rating of uh, over 1,000 on chess.com and I didn't cheat oh, at all. Yeah. Yeah. So look at that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I could. I don't know what to say. I couldn't tell you if that's like how good that is. It's pretty like, oh, you've been playing chess for a few months. Look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's that's really what that rating means. Okay. Um, let's uh, talk about some bullshit. Um, I really didn't think I would be talking about soul hackers uh, in two back to back weeks. You don't have to preface the segment every week with I really didn't think we'd be here talking about this uh, again. Yeah, but no, I really. So I didn't think that there would be soul hackers news. Uh huh. So but there's soul hackers news. Um, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, so Atlas said there's a, a new soul hackers two patch inbound um and it includes some like really really welcome quality of life improvements for the game um especially for the section of the game that i am currently in um and so uh what it what some of the the additions and changes are uh they're adding a uh a dash which is basically just like a sprint for dungeons um why this wasn't in the game already yeah that sounds like such a basic thing yeah. So the the thing. All right. All right. We're going to we're going to we're going to get in deep here. 
So uh, there are certain uh, abilities called map skills in the game um, that your party members can get as you uh, go through their soul matrix dungeons. Um, and you kind of decide the order that you want to get them in. But if you explore their dungeon enough, you just get them all anyway. So it's just sort of your preference what you want uh, right now. And some of them are map skills. And what map skills do are uh, change things when you're out on the field. They usually have a short duration. So like um, enemies are uh, like are less likely to notice you for a certain number of steps. Things like that. Uh most of the time, I don't find them to be very useful, so I don't prioritize them. Um, and so there was one called Assassin Steps that just made you move ridiculously fast and basically acted as a sprint. Yeah. Instead. <laughs> right. Um, and so now that they're going to be adding a sprint, they're just changing the way that that skill works and it doesn't make you go super fast anymore. Um, but it's like, OK, well, if you knew this was needed and you put in something to move faster, Anyway, like it was already clunky because you had to go open the skills menu, use the skill. You'd go fast for however many steps you were allowed to go. Then it would run out. Then you would have to go up into the menu again. Oh, wow. Hit the skill. Are you even yeah. actually like gaining time there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you would move that quickly. OK. Um, the problem it like we were using it like the Soul Matrix dungeons are huge. They're really huge. Um, and they ha they're just kind of it's the weakest part of the game, to be honest with you. They're huge. They have a lot of empty space and the way that they work um, and the way that most dungeons work in the game, actually, is that you cannot possibly fight all of the enemies that are on the field. Um, what I have uh, found is best is to basically ignore everything that you're not required to fight. Right. Otherwise, the game would be 150 hours long. Yeah. Um, there's just too many enemies. And the way that the leveling works is actually kind of off um, for for one of these games. You only really gain meaningful XP whenever you are like at the level of your enemies or under the level of the enemies. If you are above, you get zilch, you get nothing and it's not worth to kill them. Yeah, there's like no incentive there to even bother. There's, there's no incentive and you're taking up resources and time. Um, so I, I ignore most enemies unless I have to kill them for a quest or they're forced battles. Um, and that's the way I level up. But what that caused, caused me to do is to be underleveled in some crucial areas of the game. Um, and this kind of provided a challenge, but also unbalanced some things, um, which makes the Soul Matrix uh, a necessary evil where you have to go in there. But it's also is not designed properly. Like I said, it's the weakest area of the game. It's just sort of vast, empty dungeons where there's not much to do. And there aren't really any kind of traversal or puzzle mechanics until you get to the f the fourth area of each party member's dungeon. Um, and it sucks because this is how you get some like really cool story bits about um, your party members and you get to find out more about them and you get some really useful skills that they have. So they're pretty much mandatory, especially if you're playing on a higher difficulty, mm -hmm. but they're a slog to get through. Right. Um, the dash will help. <laughs> Let me just say the dash will help. Uh, the other change, um, there's going to be a uh, battle speed increase that you can change at will. Also very useful. Um, again, why this wasn't in the game. Most most modern turn-based RPGs have this by now. Like there was an auto battle, but like that that is a death sentence in SMT. You don't want to auto battle unless you're way over leveled against enemies. Sure. Um, you'll just get your ass kicked if you just try to auto battle on something. Um, so high speed battle, great, fantastic. 
Um, they're increasing uh, loading time or speeding up loading time by changing how long the loading screen tips are displayed, which I did not think was why the loading screens were um, a little longer than might be expected on um, PS5 games. I just assumed that the loading times were just a little long. Like they're not like unbearable. Just, just like compared you know. to today's standard, right? Yeah, like this is this does not load as fast as like Demon Souls, where it's like instant. Sure. Right. Um, it has a little. It's like yeah, you know, eight seconds. Oh yeah, like, that's, it's not, not, that's like, not too like, bad. It's like yeah, it's fine. It's like I don't I don't notice it. But I didn't realize that it was because they want to show you the loading screen tips. Yeah, that's a very silly <laughs> reason. Yeah. Um, change the flow of on-screen prompts during soul level increase to reduce the risk of incorrect input from accidental button presses. I don't know what that means. I genuinely you, don't know what that means. If you happen to sit on your controller. During soul level increase. I, d I genuinely don't know what that means. I don't even know if there's an input there. Um, added the ability to teleport directly to shops from the city map. So the city map is broken down into areas of the city, and then you could also go directly to shops. When you go directly to a shop, it puts you um, at the shop's door, and then you have to just hit the button again to enter the shop. So this removes one one step from that. Or? Yeah, there's not like another loading screen or anything. Mm -hmm. So are there any are there any uh, tips attached to that door that you have to read? No. Okay. No, it's in, that's that's instant. You just walk in. Okay. Um. So so it just removes with another button press. Um, this is a big one. Adjusted how often enemies appear in dungeons. This is a big one. Nice. <laughs> um, adjusted to make it uh, easier to inherit skills when fusing demons. This is another big one because they kind of went back to the Nocturne style for some reason of um, semi-random uh, skill inheritance during fusion, which is an odd choice, uh, but it's fine. Um, and then they're also adding some new demons, which is interesting. Well, that's always good. Um, yeah, they don't usually normally when they do that, it's DLC. Mm -hmm. This is not. So that's pretty interesting. Um, now, that's all good stuff. Some very welcome changes, uh, changes that help me out a lot in these fucking soul matrices or matrices, however you want to say. Um, the problem is that they're saying that this is coming out in early November. So <laughs> you kind of are in limbo, huh? I'm kind of in limbo. I was um, making some really good progress in the game. I think I was actually like to the point where like the game was reaching a climax once I get through the soul matrices. So is it worth waiting a month for these improvements or is it worth continuing the game while you have the momentum going? I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm going to wait. That's uh, that, that shows some good uh, patience there. Yeah, I'm going to wait mostly because these dungeons are getting more and more annoying. Mm hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're a slog. They really are. They were not, they were not thought out properly. Um, they were trying, they, they were kind of meant to be, uh, a lot of these games have like a side dungeon that's supposed to be meant to be like the place where you can level up in non-story areas or whatever. The problem is, is that they made them too necessary for progress, but also not fully fleshed out as dungeons, mm -hmm. um, where they are grindy in an exploratory sense, but they are not interesting enough to where you want to see more of them. They all look the same. Um, there's nothing to find. You're just trying to find the next area to get through. Um, and like I said, there's no like traversal or um, puzzle mechanics until you get to like the fourth one. And I think there's like five total for each party member. Maybe there's six. I don't know. But so other than that, you're just kind of going through trying to find the area. There's there's boss encounters at each of the final area, but then that's that's it. Right. So it it, it th this part of the game, 
uh, feels quite half-baked. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a slog to get through. Um, like I really would like that dash and the speed, the battle speed increase for this area. Um, so I will wait. It's very unfortunate that I have to wait. So I now have a month. Yes. <laughs> At least I now have a month. So it's time for JRPG roulette. Okay. It's been a while. I mean... You could also go a different direction because NHL comes out on Monday. Ah, uh, but there's no crossplay. I know. That's uh, true. What am I gonna, that's true. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have uh made a wheel. Um and let me go through the choices real quick. Um hold on. All right, so let me go through the choices. Uh Shimigami Ten uh, most of these are playable on the Steam Deck, by the way, in some form or another. Um Are they all that's... SMT games? No. Okay. No, they're not. Whether it's um emulated or uh native or um streaming uh some form or another they're kind of all playable on the steam deck except for i think one i hope there's no there's no stadia exclusives on here there's no stadia no stadia (laughs) no i don't know what i'm gonna do with that fucking controller um can you use it for just like as a regular like pc controller yes but it has to be uh wired oh that thing is so stupid it's a wireless controller but only with stadia because it doesn't have a bluetooth chip in it huh it has a it's wi-fi it's a wi-fi controller oh interesting so stupid no wonder that platform didn't take off as as much as it did Uh uh-huh uh-huh um I wrote in my review of Stadia, which is over on deadandroad.co. The controller is actually okay, except for the fucking triggers. The triggers are a travesty. Holy shit. Uh, there's no resistance. There's like no spring in them. Oh, no. So it just kind of, it just goes all the way back, all the way back. That sounds At awful. the tiniest press. They apparently did it so to, um, so they would all, always like go like to, for the latency of it. Um, but they feel like shit. They feel like shit, especially whenever like their marquee game, they're like, it's on Stadia was Destiny. So, oof, oof, the trigger's terrible. Hey, it's pretty fun, though, that you have a written review on your website of, of a piece of tech that is no longer functional or will be no longer mm-hmm. functional, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, a, it's like like a, a relic, history. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so the games. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei If. Uh, that's that's uh, Super Nintendo. I've talked about it. Anyway, uh, Tales of Berseria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy One. That's the pixel remaster. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Uh, Bravely Default. I'm at the end of that game, so I'm also including Bravely Second. Um, Trails in the Sky. Uh, oh Christ. Nino Kuni. Um, Shimagami Tensei One. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. We have Chrono Trigger. We have Kingdom Hearts. Um, we have 13 Sentinels Igus Rim, which is technically not a JRPG. It's half visual novel, half strategy game, but it's anime bullshit, so I'm including it. I bought that game for PS4 at some point, but it's still sitting on my shelf in, in the wrapping. I, see, I bought it digitally. I've had it for a very long time, and I, I want to play it. Yeah. Um, and The World Ends With You. That's the only uh, Switch game on the list. Um, all right, I guess we should do a before you uh, spin. before you spin. I just uh-huh. want to say, Trails in the Sky. That is that's a, uh, a scary one there because yeah. you could you could probably play that game in a month. But then aren't there like seven different sequels that are like a hundred plus hours each? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The problem is is that I don't own the sequel. Right. So I I own I have Trails of Cold Steel, and then I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that this is like the next series. Yes. They're like they're split into like trilogies, aren't they? Yes. So it's like, okay, well, let me play the first one first, which is Trails in the Sky. So I got that on PC, mm-hmm. but I only have the first one. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I I have problems. Uh, um. So yeah, let's do a spin here. Ooh, I clicked the wrong thing. Okay. 
feel like I'm on Wheel of Fortune. It's a big spin. Okay, it's The World Ends With You, the only fucking Switch game on here. Oh, nice. Um, all right. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's the only one I didn't want. So spin honestly, again, goddammit. Because I don't want to play my Switch. <laughs> Just spin a second time. No, but I have no. No, have it really it. doesn't matter. Just spin a second time. Who? Why would you have all these games at your disposal? Why play the one you're least excited about? Just spin it again. <laughs> and if you land on, like, keep the world ends with you in play. And if you land on it a second okay. time, then you have to play. It. All right, fine, fine. That's going to be an SMT, isn't it? Nope, it's the world ends with you. Jesus Christ. Are all you right, serious? Fine. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. if that's not some sort of no, sign. Yeah. No, no. It wants me to play the world ends with you. Oh. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's pretty definitive there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, all right. Fine. Fine. I got to dust off the switch. All right. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> um, I was going to mention this a little later, um, like some Steam Deck stuff. Uh, so like I got Switch emulation working. Ooh, nice. On that. Um, so like I was playing the first opening half hour of SMT5 because that's what I was using to test it. Mm -hmm. um, because of course I am. Um, and it works. I mean, it, it, it's I'm playing a Switch game like it's native, you know, uh, the battery life is not good. <laughs> <laughs> the battery life is not good. <laughs> so it kind of doesn't make the most sense whenever I have the switch right there. Yeah, yeah. To, to emulate it. Like if there was I have I honestly like didn't have a chance to this is what the real test will be is um like I didn't get out into the open field in SMT5 to see if there's like a performance gain. If there's a performance game, then yes, it's worth it. Um but if it's like the same, then there's not really much of a point. Mm -hmm. So um but yeah, all right, world ends with you. <laughs> That's what we got. Yeah, there was a lot of games on that on that wheel. That's that's pretty improbable that you. I don't, yeah, I don't know what this. Yeah, I didn't like change the weights or, you know, like the percentage of it, like everything was even. Right. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the collective unconscious at work. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, I just have one last thing in Moogle here. Um, I watched another anime this week. Uh, and if you want to see a bunch of anime girls just like just go brutally John Wick on people. Um, watch Licorice Recoil. Uh, yeah. That sounds <laughs> kind great. Of, um, you've kind of <laughs> sold me just on that alone. Yeah. The thing is, in the past week, I've I've been meaning to start up a couple that we talked about last week. Um, oh, a couple, not just... I was going to check out the, Classroom, and uh -huh. I also was going to maybe take a look at the... Um, uh, rent a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, you were still going to do it even after. Yeah. Okay. So, but I just, I just haven't yet. But I, I'm, I'm planning to. Sure. I'm planning to. Is this one on Crunchyroll as well? The it uh, is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the plot here is that uh, this is sort of like um, present, present day ish Tokyo, maybe, maybe near future. Um, and there's like, you know, Tokyo is very safe. You know, it, it's, it's a safe place to be. And that's because there is a uh, an organization that is a uh, extrajudiciary squad uh, of anime girls that just 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 fucking kill criminals before they commit crimes. Um, so it's a kind of psychopaths, but it's not gritty in any way whatsoever. Huh. But like it's sort of like the similar setup to where they go out and they kill criminals before they're about to commit crimes. Um, but they do it like where like they're just about to commit the crime. Like somebody's like about to rob the bank, like they're about to walk in and they just fucking take them out. Um, 
and the show focuses on um, th these uh, two main characters. Um, one, um, I don't remember the name, the blonde one, uh, she, uh, is sort of kicked out of the main, uh, they're called, uh, licorices. Like that's the name of these, the anime girls. Um, and she's like the best one, but she's kicked out because she's sort of like a troublemaker and she doesn't actually kill people. She uses non-lethal methods. Oh, she's Batman. Yeah, basically. Um, and then she now has a partner who was also kicked out because she disobeyed orders on a mission and so it's sort of a um an odd couple thing uh where the blonde girl is like kind of a manic pixie dream girl where she's like this super pe uh peppy and you know and the other one's sort of straight laced and like to the point um and it's you know it's sort of about them trying to you know cope and like it's also about her teaching her, her like these non-violent methods and you know this whole thing right and also kind of um like grappling around like still kind of working for this organization that uh like is instructing these anime girls to just kill criminals on site like without any kind of oversight whatsoever um because they're also like a secret organization like nobody's supposed to know that they exist of course um so it's a whole thing um and it's pretty good fun good fun and i'm i'm assuming some like moral complexity there with the whole there the is, way the organization is. is run and, and everything yeah there is so it sounds like a bit of a messy situation mm -hmm. so. yeah and 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 this is like it you know it actively is talking about these things good like, you good. know um and it's uh sort of um some um you know current current commentary about like oh yeah you know japan is so safe you know and all kinds of shit like that right you know um so yeah it's good nice uh, Okay, uh, I think it's time for some beautiful cinema. That's beautiful cinema. Great. Uh, so we have a uh, horror harvest on deck. First one of the season. Yes. Um, so we watched uh, Crimes of the Future from David Cronenberg. Uh, yes, we did. Um, yeah, so I was thinking, because, you know, I'm thinking about our Irma Vep discussion and how... Mm -hmm. It was a little all over the place. So I thought we could tackle this one by giving like just our overall thoughts on the movie and then maybe going into some details uh, sequential from like, you know, chronologically of, of okay. start to finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is David Cronenberg's latest. Um, I was really looking forward to this one. And uh, just to give kind of an overview of what it's about, this is like a, a near future um, piece of like speculative fiction mm -hmm. uh, slash body horror as you would expect from from mr cronenberg mm -hmm. um and so the world here is in an interesting place as far as like human evolution where the people living in it um react and feel pain very differently than than like we do um they are much more resistant to pain um and this is due to like I guess a variety of things, right? Like evolutionary things, um, climate-based reasons, um, like the relationship to technology, like all of these changes in the world and like advancements has led to this this um, this place in in like human evolution where um, some people develop new organs kind of spontaneously, and mm -hmm. uh, surgery has become because of that like resistance to pain surgery has become very popular as sort of like a hobby or a way to make art um and like that's what the movie's kind of centered around because the the main character played by uh, Vigo Mortensen uh, Saul Tenser he's a performance artist and um he and Caprice his his uh partner Leia Sedu they um perform these 
public uh, surgeries where they remove new organs from from Vigo, uh, Vigo's uh, salt tensor's body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this leads to all sorts of interesting, like philosophical discussions, and uh, there are like organiz- organizations in place that sort of like uh, regulate and try to control the uh, consequences of these new organs and how things are changing within people. Um, there's just a lot going on, right? It's kind of, it's kind of a lot to yeah. to sum up. I'm trying here, but it's it's kind of tough. Um, I guess I should ask what you thought of this movie. Um, it was quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily like the horror aspect only comes in, I guess, if you are a little squeamish. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want to see um, people cutting into bodies, you know, you don't want to you don't want to see somebody's guts. Then, you know, you're probably not going to do too well. And I know you have some problems with that sometimes. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, you know, there's not necessarily like um, a lot of suspense. You know, it's not that sort of like kind of horror experience. It's more of this like slow burn, um, you know, uh, speculative sort of work. Yeah. Than- it's a movie of ideas. Yeah. And not just that, but and, and this is not what I was expecting going in from like, you know, what was billed as like a sci-fi body hard thing. But this is like the mm-hmm. most sensual and and frankly horny movie <laughs> that yeah. I have seen in quite some time. Yeah. Like it really is. Um, like we'll get into it, but there's a line that Kristen Stewart's character says where she's like, um, she says that surgery is the new sex and it's very much treated that way. Mm-hmm, for sure. But yeah, I, I loved this. I thought it was fantastic. I thought, I thought, I think Cronenberg is very much still, um, a master here. This is, this is really terrific. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it started to drag a little in the back half, mm-hmm. um, like as they're building up to this, you know, this climax, right? Yes. Um, there are some threads that kind of just hang. Yeah. More so than I thought. Like they left a lot of things, not a lot, but they left a couple of things that they spent time on, like sort of progressing through the movie. They just kind of left them just without answers, which like I'm not mad about, but I guess I maybe was expecting a little bit more from the ending. It was, yeah, it was more than just like setting up questions and leaving them unfulfilled. It was more like, was that going anywhere? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So how do you want to how do you want to proceed? Um, I don't know. We could just go over some notable sequences and, and stuff from from the movie. Um, I did. I took a few notes here. I thought mm-hmm. that would help me keep things a little bit more organized. Um, I did want to point out just at the very start, the opening music in the credits. It was just like perfectly 80s sci fi, you know, mm-hmm. very Cronenberg. I really love that. Yeah. Um, I also love the sort of pro prologue. I guess you would call it the scene with the mother and son. Um, yeah. Because it starts out so innocently where you have this kid playing on a beach, um, just like digging through the water. And the mother comes out on because the house is right by the beach and she comes out on the balcony. She's like, don't, you know, make sure you don't eat anything in, you know, in mm-hmm. the in the on the ground, you know, because how sometimes kids will just put stuff in their mouths. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little did we know what she was referencing mm-hmm. uh, because the very next scene you see the kids start chomping down on a on a plastic um a waste basket uh just fully fully eating that thing whenever he was like the sound it was making i thought it was like ceramic something like that yeah yeah then it was then it was also leaving like a chalkiness like on his face right yeah like it was almost like this white it's almost like a white foamy thing yeah i saw i saw i thought it was like ceramic or Mm -hmm. something like that 
And then um, it's not a, until it's like brought up later that it was plastic. Yes. It made like a crunchy noise that I guess you wouldn't expect from from plastic. Right. Right. But then again, I've never really seen somebody try to eat plastic. So. Right. And that's what made made this so effective, yeah. I thought. It's mm-hmm. like a <laughs> just like a jarring moment here. And then obviously things turn very dark after that. Um, yeah. Because the mother uh, ends up killing her son. Doesn't really view the child as her son views him as like this this uh, abomination, right? This creature for mm-hmm. the, the, the stuff that he eats and his appetite. Um, but yeah. And so then we're just like transitioned directly into being introduced to uh, uh, Tensor and Caprice. And just the practical effects here of like the bed chamber with the yeah. The skinny arms that are attached to his body and just the the um, movements of it. I just love that so much. The sounds it makes are deeply unsettling. Yes. It just constantly sounds like somebody's stomach is about to explode with diarrhea. It like is <laughs> yeah. just just awful. And I got to say like there's a lot of like visual stuff like in this in this movie where there's like um weird uh contraptions that are like seem to be comprised of like bodies of not even humans i don't even know what just like almost like alien sort of things like like hr uh geiger sort of like things like you would see like from the movie alien you know like the sort of carapace uh skeletal kind of constructions for like Mm -hmm. these machines and uh that that's all you know fine and creepy but the sounds in this movie, like you have Vigo Mortensen, who is like constantly like gurgling and like choking back and like sputtering and just making these awful mouth sounds is uh, was deeply unsettling for me as somebody that has acid reflux, because it sounds like like the kind of like half burp coughing shit I will make if I don't take like an acid reduction pill. Oh, man. Like it just like the. Just like the awful sort of like kind of nasty sounds your body makes. Just like, ooh, it's like, okay, dude, like, please, please, Papa Tums, please, for the love <laughs> of God, Papa Tums. Like, oh, my God. Either that or go back into the breakfaster chair and, and change up the eatware parameter. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, God. Oh, man. Um, One thing I did want to mention, and I don't know, I don't know the, maybe the whole relevance of this, but his name is Saul Tensor. Tensor chip? Um, yes. I've, I had that in the back of my head and I forgot to look up exactly what a tensor chip is because I forget what it is. So tensors, which are spelled differently in in the real world, they're spelled with an O, um, are like sort of like, uh, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concept in physics and mathematics of like, like expanding vectors is how I can kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a lot. It's a little but, bit out um, of our wheelhouse. I think. Yeah, but um, tensor chips are uh, used for artificial intelligence. Oh, so like there are um, Nvidia uses them on their uh, graphics cards for um, AI upscaling, um, and then uh, Google uses them in um, their Pixel smartphones, uh, I believe, for image processing. That's what I know I'm not it mistaken. from. Yeah, I was looking up Pixels recently, and yeah, that was part of it, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, but yeah, the NVIDIA ones are, like, super fucking powerful. Um, 
but I just found it. I just found it interesting, like because they spell his name with a uh, T E N S E R. Um, but he's one of the only, f- like, he's one of the few characters that has a full name. That's true. In the movie. Yeah. And they say his full name frequently. You know, he's Saul Tenser, right? Like they say his full name frequently when they address him. So like they kind of want to hammer that home. So I'm not quite sure if they're making a reference to these tensor chips or like even the concept of like this this uh, concept in physics. Mm-hmm. It's tough to say because like the use of the full name, I just took that to be he's a celebrity because he essentially is. And so people will right. like address celebrities by like they're using their full names. Yeah, maybe it could be some as simple as that. But it's like it's a it's a specific kind of name. It really is. It feels it feels intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was in the it was in the back of my head while I was watching. But yeah, so Saul Tensor's thing is that he will, his body will make new organs. And they've never, like he and Caprice have never let that play out within his body. They always remove these organs and they do so publicly, performatively as like a, as like a rebellious act, right? Mm-hmm. Against like his own body's like evolution and, and nature. It's like we are rejecting uh, what's what's growing inside of me. Um, it's like not a political statement, at least not um, consciously, because he, he doesn't really like believe in that, but it can be seen that way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, especially within the context of the other, like the organizations and stuff that come up in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we meet the, um, the characters who are running the... Uh, was it the National uh, Organ Registry? I think so. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And one of those people is uh, Kristen Stewart, played by Kristen Stewart. Uh, Tim mm-hmm. Lynn is the character's name, which I just, I could not get enough of everything that she was doing with this character. The the speech patterns, the mannerisms, the um, sort of like repressed uh, d- uh, desires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like everything going on there was like pitch perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I really love that. And and it's funny, um, once they leave, once Caprice and, and Saul leave and she asks him like what he thought of, of Timlin, he's like, I thought she was rather attractive in a bureaucratic way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I, I love that, that line. Yeah. And, and Leah Sadu's character, uh, calls them like the little freaks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they do, they kind of are right. Cause they, they, yeah. they are, they have this, um, this professional like air about them, but beneath that there's like these motives and this like fascination with like weird stuff right Mm -hmm. that sort of like drives them in their jobs and this organization is like not entirely legitimate to begin with if i understood that correctly yeah it's it's a part of law enforcement Uh uh-huh it was part of the new vice unit Right, right, right. And this is, it also, they also um, are involved in one of those threads that I mentioned earlier that doesn't actually, you don't see where that ends up with the whole... Oh, what is it? The uh, inner the inner, the beauty, inner beauty pageant, pageant which I would have loved to have seen, like where that was headed. Yeah. So, so that, that's the other thing. So, like that's actually related. So, um, it's it's revealed in like the first probably half hour or so. Um, that Saul Tenser is working undercover as part of New Vice. Yes. As like an informant, I guess. Um, for for what? It's not apparent, really. Um, and so like there's the there's this thread that where, where he's undercover and like nobody else knows, like not even his um, his partner. And then he gets wrapped up in this uh, inner beauty pageant where like this this weirdo plastic surgeon, you know, tells him about it and gets him involved 
and like sets literally sets up his body to be involved in this pageant thing. And then it turns out that one of the uh, people from the the National Organ Registry is uh, also doing the registration for the inner beauty pageant. It's a small community. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's very niche, very niche. <laughs> um and then it's like, okay, well, it seems like those two threads are converging. Yes. Where where the um, new vice, like, he'll, he'll be an informant and in letting them know about this inner beauty pageant. But then that never happens. No, it doesn't, which is kind of disappointing. Um, yeah. Which, But I did love, like, the couple conversations they had. So when, when Saul does learn that this organ registry guy is in charge of it, they have this really interesting back and forth about, like, whether he should involve himself in this or not and, like, the implications of that and how it, like, interacts with his own, like... Um, art and like his worldview right um mm-hmm. and he has this quote and i wrote it down he's like what if i won for best original organ and then ripped it out at my next show yeah <laughs> which is great um because mm-hmm. then the the registry guy's like yeah i think you you should go for best in show i think you have a good chance <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah i do wish that was that was headed somewhere it was very amusing though yeah um yeah, so you have these conversations with, with Timlin, Kristen Stewart's character, where she's like, wants to be seduced by Saul Tenser in a surgical way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Saul visits this other per- performance art uh, exhibit or, or show. Yeah. Um, and I, I really love this scene with this guy who is has like a thousand ears but no mouth or eyes and he does an interpretive dance piece and yeah. and we learn that most or all of the ears are non-functional they're just there as like visual uh art yeah dude was a floop foogly i'm sorry he was one of the floop floops fooglies from spy kids i mean that's a hell of a thing to reference um all right you know what? I got to send you an image then. <laughs> okay. Just dropping Spy Kids references. Like we're all going to. If th- people got to know about the Floops Fooglies. Oh, I see. So instead of just the ears, this this person has entire faces attached to. Yeah. Okay. Deformed faces. Okay. Maybe this one's a little better. Hold on. Is that, um, is that the guy from, that, that's, from Maisel? That's Tony Shalhoub. That's Tony Shalhoub. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They had a hell of a cast in Spy Kids, let me tell you. Huh. Oh, that looks like a, a dinner platter. Yeah, that's a, that's a floop foogly. Okay. Good to, yeah, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed his interaction with the, uh, the woman who gives him the business card or the referral mm-hmm. because she's like this like pretentious art snob in this world. And she's like, this guy is a hack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she. Well, well kind of was because wasn't his like before he started doing the interpretive dance he was like we need to stop like looking oh i wrote that down it, it so he says what, it is what? time to listen <laughs> yeah he's like the the time for seeing is over or whatever it's time to listen yeah and then just starts doing the dance dancing yeah as he has ears all over his body so good um yeah so she gives him the card for the doctor and because the doctor is interested in salt tensor because he's just like this he is like this um medical fascination for so many of these people mm-hmm. you know yeah um like on the one hand he is the sub he's the subject of art but then he's also just like this very unique person in the organ world <laughs> mm-hmm. um meanwhile he's just like he's covered head to toe in like you know he's he like wraps himself up as he's going out he looks like he's in dune yeah you know yeah and he's like just hacking and coughing and he can't swallow and he's just like falling apart you know and he's in constant pain mm-hmm. and <laughs> and everybody's trying to poke and prod at him 
He needs or, these elaborate or, devices just to eat and sleep. Yeah, or they just want to lick at his wounds, like literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Saul, after the show, after the ear show, um, he's like, "Yeah, that was pretty good. If you like escapist propaganda." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Then then the prologue with the boy and the mother. Uh. We his father it takes the, the body. Uh. Shows up and takes the body away, and you see him sort of roaming the streets around where Saul is. Um. But there. And he 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 was also at one of their shows. He was at one of their shows as well. As well. He's like scoping him out. Um. Because we find out that he wants Saul to Saul and Caprice to do a public um autopsy on his son's body. Uh. Which sounds like a reasonable request to them. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, they're a little skeptical, oh, yeah, but they're okay. like, oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is because, um, and we see the, the father eat these uh, these purple bars. Um, yeah. Who somebody else. Kind of looks, like looks like a fruit roll-up. Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like a cross between a fruit roll-up and like a Hershey's. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's able to eat these like all the time. But then we see somebody else, and we don't know who that is until later, but somebody else picks one up and tries to eat it and then just like ends up choking to death uh we know who that is yeah he was one of the new vice undercovers uh oh yeah i just i just figured that was they were referencing somebody else that also tried to eat one of them i maybe i feel like that would have been the one though yeah um so yeah i figured yeah i figured he would have said like yeah somebody tried to eat them at one of your shows and croaked right so i just figured that was somebody else oh so there were multiple attempts to consume this Right. Right. Which we learned the these bars are made out of plastic. They're synthetic. And you can only eat them successfully if you've had this surgical procedure, which the father and a, and a, a community of people, like a network of people around the world have had this procedure, allowing them to eat plastic and synthetics. And the, the philosophy behind this, the they are sort of like... I would almost call them like climate activists, right? Because they're so they they think they found a solution to the the climate crisis, right? Because we, the humans have been destroying the earth with all the synthetic and plastic materials, and so they think that if they can alter their bodies to properly digest and live off of this, it would sort of counteract the damage that humans have been making on the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was also interesting um, as like a little bit of like speculative speculative like science fiction, you know. Like, it's a very outlandish solution, but to something that we're actually, like, going through in the real world. Right. Um, And so the the purpose of the public autopsy is that the father wants this to become known by the larger public because the new new vice and, like, the government, the government is trying to, like, cover this up and they don't want this information coming out to the public. And also the son was very interesting because he was the first person born with this ability to eat synthetics. He did not receive the surgery. He was just born from someone who had the surgery, um, which we we really don't know the how that works. And and Saul even like that's the thing I loved about this. I, nobody does. Nobody does. And like there, <laughs> yeah. there's so many big ideas in this movie, and there aren't answers to them. But the characters will like come out and be like, okay, but what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. like the characters will sort yeah. of be like the audience stand in, and they'll be like, okay, but all this stuff you were talking about. What does that actually mean? How does this work? You know, 
Yeah. So there's like at least that like self-awareness there, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here because um, on the one hand, Saul is an informant for the new vice, but he's also now working with this guy who's trying to spread the message of the thing that new vice is trying to suppress. Right. Yeah. Um, and this does this is kind of where the movie gets a little messy, mm-hmm. you know, because um, you also have the two. uh I forget their actual job titles, but the two women who are like the... They were, yeah, they were the two technicians that uh, for for the, for like the, the weird uh, machine flesh bed. Yeah. And they also, it's the same company that does the, um, we haven't even talked about this yet, the, the Sark. The Sark machine, which yeah. Is, which is, uh, that's short for sarcophagus which is uh, an autopsy machine that uh, is, was, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Modified to perform the organ tattooing and removal. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, so there are these two characters, these two ladies that are uh, the technicians that work for this company that, that service these machines. Uh, Very yeah. passionate about the technology. Um, yes. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Uh-huh. But then also, like, they're they're working for somebody. They're, yeah, they're working for somebody. Another hanging thread. Um, because they end up they end up assassinating the father of the boy before all and, before all is said and done. And the doctor. And the doctor, which I don't quite know why they went after him. I don't know. I think it was to maybe establish that they were hitmen. Okay. Because I I didn't understand the point of killing the doctor yeah unless there was like a cut inner beauty pageant that we didn't get to see oh you think so I, like i don't know like is that that really didn't go anywhere no it didn't and then that, the doctor was killed that makes me wonder if there's ever going to be a director's cut yeah because it does feel like there's a piece missing there mm-hmm. um but they're also not part of new vice right because the the new vice uh the the person that saul the would give his information to was like yeah we don't know who killed that's what he claimed oh you think he's holding that back yeah yeah. So here's the other thing that's weird. Mm-hmm. So that dude, before we knew that Saul was working undercover, he went to the 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 organ registry people yeah. to to ask them about Saul and his work. Wouldn't he already know that? Oh, good point. Like I that that scene was clearly for the audience benefit that was like exposition for us. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't that guy already know that information if he was working with this guy as this undercover informant? Yeah, that doesn't quite make sense, does it? Yeah. Like, I, I understand the purpose of the scene. Yes. But so, yes, like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that dude whenever he's like, you know, yeah, we had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because like, who, who else? Who else are these two uh, assassins working for? Nobody that they are established. They, yeah. Are they working for like, is, is that what the, the tech company like actually like they, they do that too. They assassinate. Well, it doesn't make sense. Why would they assassinate one of their customers? Right. Because the, they needed the, the Sark the, machine to do the autopsy. Right. So they were using the, the their their machinery. Well, yeah. No. And the doctor had the breakfast chair. Oh, yeah. There you go. So why would it, why would they need to kill him? I know. It was just, I don't know. It was supposed to just be like a routine maintenance check. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Th- there is a, a quite a bit that's sort of left open there towards the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If I jumped around too much now, I feel like I'm jumping around too much. But whatever by fault. Yeah, I just I, I, I put autopsy. down a I put down a couple quotes from the uh, the father of the boy mm-hmm. um, and his whole like mission statement here. Um, so he thinks that the people that like the the new vice he says that they are evolving way away from the human path. 
and that that can't be allowed to continue. Um, and then he says, this is an actual quote. I was like, oh, this is such a really good uh, line while I was watching it. But then I kind of look back at it that, you know, the next day in, in like the cold of, of light. And it's like, so he says, mm-hmm. we've got to start feeding on our own industrial waste. It's our destiny. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of these lines really work with how they're delivered and in the context of the movie. Sure. But then you kind of look at them outside of that and it's like, oh, that's that's very silly. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the autopsy happens, right? And it turns out that it's uh, the, the boy's insides have been compromised. The new vice got to him first. Um, they sort of just made an, a, a, like a mess of his insides in order to hide what was really there, right? Because there was potentially some really interesting uh, findings there in terms of like, how did this boy get these this capacity to um, to uh, digest synthetics and whatnot? But New Vice didn't want yeah. that stuff to, to, to be known. Yeah, I, the problem there is that I would not have known that unless... Like, until they explained it afterwards. That's very true. I'm like, oh, this looks wrong, and something obviously went wrong here based on the reactions, but I don't know what, what happened here. Yeah, it's like, oh, is that is that what it looks like whenever you can eat plastic on the inside? Exactly. We don't know. We don't have anything to base yeah. it off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, everybody looks horrified, so this isn't working as intended. Yeah, the only yeah the only thing I like could kind of maybe think was like, oh, do some of those organs look like they've been tattooed? Yes. That was it. Yes, which they were. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty pretty gruesome stuff there. It's probably the the, the the most difficult scene for me. Yeah, I didn't need to see the little boy's peener. No, no. I didn't I didn't need that. I feel like there are some like directionally there are some some camera angles and shots you could do to avoid that. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> something something about this like like I could tell I could like see the French funding. I could really see it. Oh, for sure. Um just but like like you could not get a movie funded in in the u.s and like the first scene have a boy like be smothered by his mother like that graphically Mm -hmm. uh and then later on show that little boy's corpse with his with his you know sure twig and berries hanging out yeah (laughs) like you couldn't you couldn't do that distinctly french you need some french funding you need some french cash for that oh my god um yeah good point glad you made it (laughs) um But yeah, that that's kind of like that's kind of it. Like the the final scene is a good one where Saul is back in his uh, breakfaster chair and he finally decides to try the purple uh, candy bar. Uh, and I think he was successful in digesting it. So whatever was going on with him kind of is in line with that whole thing. I think I think he was allowing his organs to like keep developing. Was what it was. Oh, so he's finally gone away from the constant removal, the cycle. Right? I think I think that's what it was gesturing towards because they had conversations earlier where whenever she was going to take over the autopsy mm-hmm. and then she was like, well, we could do a double show like we could, you know, is one of your organs ready to be taken out? And he's like, no, I think I'm going to, you know, hold off for now. And I'll, you know, they had some conversations like that earlier on. Right. Because he said that he thought there was like multiple that he was developing at the time yes i got a few few things cooking or whatever he said yeah 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 so i think that's what it's gesturing towards okay because because the guy was like yeah you have a problem with food or whatever you know and so like he thought that he could kind of naturally just eat the plastic Mm -hmm. to begin with and the father uh Um, just was like here why don't you try it at one point right uh which is a bit reckless yeah um but yeah like that's the thing like there were so many interesting little conversations about like 
like like regarding Saul and like what makes what they're doing art, you know, versus mm-hmm. like political and about like what these organs mean like for the future and for science. Yeah. And whether or not the government should even be allowed to like keep track of your insides mm-hmm. and even eventually maybe regulate your insides. Right. Um, just like a lot of really interesting ideas going around, you know, not not that there are necessarily answers for any of them, but mm-hmm. it just made for some great like dialogue and great conversations like throughout the film. Yeah, definitely. That even if things were dragging here and there and, and maybe didn't quite like add up in certain ways, there were always those like those musings, right? Those those questions that people were asking yeah. and stuff. So I really appreciated that aspect. of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been talking a lot here. Um, was there anything else from from this film um no it it has like such a style to it like this world you know it's like so decayed and 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 dusty and um like like he's meeting with the with the fed guy you know like in this rusted out ship that's like run ashore you know and like things are just like but like they live in a castle yeah kind of thing <laughs> yeah like it's such a it's such a it's such a fascinating world you know like like these biomechanical machines and uh but like everything's just like broken down and like just completely fucked up yeah and, uh yeah it was really fascinating yeah, it felt um, like so fully realized in the like mm-hmm. the the vision they had and the stuff that they wanted to explore, you know, even yeah. if they didn't necess- necessarily have the uh, like the full arc of everything mapped out, they at least had their ideas in place. Yeah, um, I did want to I don't know what I have to say about it, but I just wanted to mention the the surgical sex scene between Leia Seydoux's character and, and, and Viggo Mortensen's character. Like that was just something to behold there. Mm-hmm. That was remarkable. Yeah. I don't know what I would say about it, but you should, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. It's 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 very unique. It's very uh, it's something. It's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see. So like it's coming to Hulu, but not until the 31st. Yeah, that makes sense because uh, Neon Hulu has all the Neon stuff eventually. Mm, yeah. So Halloween, um, that's a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's Crimes of the Future. Yes. Um, while we're here, I did want to do a brief mention since I had this in the notes from last week. Um, I watched season three of Evil over on what's the fucking stream Paramount now Paramount Paramount Plus um, home of Big Brother. Yeah, it's the only sure it's the only show I feel bad about uh, pirating. Um, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna get Paramount Plus. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I have here that uh, season three was like a course correction. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, as season two was going along, I had some I had some issues with it. Um, and it's it's tough to judge that one because that was like a pandemic season, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, it felt more um, like it was trying to be uh, timely and hot button. And uh, a lot of the times it really succeeded, but it sort of left like the show and like the arc of the show by the wayside in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um and so this is sort of like snapping back to like what really worked in season one, I think. Um, and so uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, it it does the thing where like they'll sprinkle in current, you know, topics and issues, but without it being like this overbearing focus. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, and I think it does, that's been the, the MO of those creators for like all of their shows, I think. Yeah. And and it does it in a way that doesn't feel like heavy handed or stale. The only time that it kind of gets like, um, like, oh, you kind of missed the boat on this was the crypto thing. Oh, really? 
that they do. Yeah. But it's like, well, you know, that's that's about right for crypto. Um, but yeah, other than that, like th this this season, I think, had the least amount of, you know, we're going to try to hit the hit the hot button kind of thing. Yeah. I remember season um, one had like that really sinister and unsettling uh, incel thing going on. Yeah. 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 Um, this was, I think, more focused on like realigning like the overall narrative of the show mm -hmm. where season two was more like um individual characters and what they were doing and what they were going through right right yeah and then sort of like these hot button flashes with episodes um so yeah i think this worked out better for like the long term of the season yeah um and it sort of corrected some stuff that i really didn't like in the back half of the second season um, they still kind of don't know what to do with the dad. Um, the one that always is like absent. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they I think they're, they finally have a solution at the end. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, uh, it's, but it's pretty good stuff. Evil. Yeah. We talked about the early parts of season two on this, on the podcast, I remember. And we were both so high on it. And then I kind of fell off and I feel really bad about that. I need to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't checked in cause I, I, um, I had some issues with the, the latter half of the second season. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, it's good to hear that they're back on track. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, do, do you want to do another horror film for next week? Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? So the new Hellraiser is out. Okay. And I've heard some really positive things about it, um, okay. which is surprising to me. Like, I've, I I love the original Hellraiser, but that's one of those movies where it's like, it was great. And I feel like I've, I feel like we're good now, you know, like I've, I've got sure. it, I've had enough, but they've made a bunch of sequels like over the years mm -hmm. and I haven't really had much interest. And I've also heard that some of them aren't very good. Um, but yeah, like this, this like reboot, I guess you would call it, um, has been well received so far and it comes out uh, as we're recording this today so it's, it'll be already out by the time this podcast goes up it's on hulu so nice yeah okay cool that's uh it's pinhead yes i'm sure even if you yes. haven't seen hellraiser you're familiar with that that visual that character oh yeah cool as i'm sitting um, stare at this uh floppy do or whatever we're looking at in the discord here oh the foogly oh yeah, foogly yeah. okay <laughs> yeah loops fooglies there we go i, I was yeah. not even close um but yeah, so yeah, that'll be good for, for next week. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to talk about a couple things real quick before we head out. Um, I kind of talked about the Steam Deck a little bit. Um, actually, just yesterday, they said that uh, you can just order one now. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Just order one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then now the dock is uh, available. Ooh. Um, yeah, uh, it's 90 bucks, though. That's... It's a little much. Yeah, but like if you um, treat this as your main gaming system, right, mm -hmm. then that really is that could change things for you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think I'm going to wait on the dock. Mm -hmm. um, Does it, it works like, like, I, a, I, like a switch? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you need a, another controller, but like you can just use any Bluetooth controller. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I'm probably going to hold off with that price because like what a switch dock is like 70 bucks. Something like that. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, it comes with the system, though. Sure. But if you need another one, it's like 70 bucks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's a little steep for, for a dock that I, I honestly don't know how much I'd use it. I think I'd use it. I just don't know how much. Um, you can't just like. That would be easier. You can't just like connect it via like, I don't know, an HDMI or something. You can. Yeah. But then it's not necessarily charging at the same time. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, like you need another dongle and, you know, do that whole thing. And with and what you like, said about battery life, that that is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest drawback to it is um, unless you're like playing like uh, emulators, like like older emulators, you know, like 
Super Nintendo or, you know, even like PlayStation. Um, battery life is you got to consider it, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I was playing Cult of the Lamb Ooh. Uh, yesterday and um, I got that yeah, cranked 60 frames, you know, and um, I got like three hours and then it was at 30 percent. That's not too bad. So, no, it's not. But, um, you know, it's just something to you got to keep it in mind whenever you're playing like native PC stuff or like higher end emulators. Yes. Um, streaming games is much better on it because it's just, you know, uh, decoding the video, you know. Um, but yeah. Um, also in gaming, um, I don't know what the fuck Blizzard is doing with Overwatch. Oh, my God. I really don't. I know. Um, I think as of last night, it was actually down. They had to take the game offline. For maintenance, yeah. I had like a pretty peak yeah. hour, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there was that whole issue um, with the phone numbers. The phone number thing is insane to me. There are some prepaid phone plans that it wasn't even accepting as like a valid phone number. Yeah, yeah. So so if, if it, people don't know, um, Overwatch 2 was requiring you to register a phone number to the account. Um, and the phone number couldn't be used for multiple accounts. Um, and they're saying that they're doing this as a way to curb cheating and bad behavior and also to get rid of uh, Smurf accounts and things like that which was a massive, massive problem on Overwatch. It really was. Um, and that's when the game was uh, paid, like, paid, you have to buy it. So yes. you think that would be, like, Wait. exponentially worse now. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing about Overwatch Smurfs. Um, they were encouraged, weren't like, they, for a while, by, like, the actual, like, director or something? Yes, because, like, a lot of streamers would do it and shit like that whenever they would want to play in different ranks um, based on the matchmaking. It was a whole thing. Um, but, like, so for PC, you would have to buy a different copy of the game. You could only have one copy of the game per account. So there was that. But on console, at least, I don't know how it worked on Xbox, but on PlayStation, uh, you would just need a different PlayStation account. Oh. You would not even need additional PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. As long as one account on the PlayStation owned Overwatch, and wasn't playing it at the same time on a different PlayStation or whatever, you could just keep making PlayStation accounts and you playing Overwatch. Right. Like as long as one account, the account that owned the uh, the game had PlayStation Plus, you could just keep playing Overwatch and on, on as many accounts as you wanted. Yeah. So on console, there was a major smurfing problem. Um, and it, it was on PC too, but like they were also, it was people spending $40 for every account they wanted to make, which, okay, whatever, fine, if you really want to do that. Um, so now it had to be tied to a phone, um, which has its own issues. Uh, and they they wouldn't let you use like voice over IP numbers like Google Voice and whatever. You know, that's also to cut down on people just making accounts and accounts and accounts, especially because it's free to play. Right. Um, but then uh, certain prepaid phones just would not work. Uh, so if you like, you know, you're lower income or you just don't want a contract, whatever, whatever the reason for using a prepaid plan, uh, you couldn't play the game at all. It, the, the phone number just wouldn't work. Um, and their solution is a partial rollback of this system. Um, they're getting rid of the phone number requirement for quote, a majority of players. And what they mean by that is, is if you've played bef- the game, so Overwatch 1, before uh i think 2021 mm-hmm. is the system right you don't need a phone you don't need a phone number anymore makes sense because those accounts um, are well established by now you know but if you were a new player coming into the game because it's free to play yeah and you have a prepaid phone you cannot play overwatch 2 yeah it's crazy I, I have a prepaid plan but i don't know like how widespread the issue was i'm not 
I'm, I don't really have an intention, intention to play Overwatch anytime soon, um, so I don't really care. But yeah, it's it's really unacceptable yeah. that this would happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. And I don't think yeah. when you put this in the show notes, this, this stuff hadn't even come out yet. I think uh, what no, you wanted had- to talk about originally was the uh, locking previously. Um, so like some of the original game's characters are now locked behind a progression system. Yes. So if you did not play Overwatch 1 and you are a brand new player to the game, or I guess if you somehow find a way to make a Smurf account or whatever you do, um, you do not get the entire roster of characters anymore. You have to unlock them. And you have to unlock them through about 100 games of play. And the I read another review that I didn't link here, but the the decision of like which characters you get and which characters you don't doesn't really make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of like trying to either teach players about the game or ease them into it or whatever. Like Genji is one of the first players or one of the first characters you can play. Come on. That's like one of the most complex. And D.Va is one of the last. No. It's so backwards. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, I remember when Overwatch first came out um, and I I played it for the first time, there was like a, I think like a a few matches where you played against like bots or whatever. It was like a, basically a a tutorial. Yeah. And you were assigned like Soldier 76 or like one of the most easily accessible, like mechanic wise characters. Yeah. And I was good. You just play a few matches, you get familiar with the controls and then you just kind of jump into the game with other new players. Like that should be enough. Yes. This is so unnecessary. Yep. And so apparently the restrictions are lifted whenever you play with friends. Okay. I think as long as the friends don't have are like not new as well. Like it's so weird. It's so weird and doesn't make sense. Let me guess. Can you buy whatever edition of the game and just unlock all that stuff? I think so. Yeah, that's there you go. Right. It's basically yeah, another so. paywall, yeah. except in this this time, it's even more egregious because instead of like additional DLC characters, it's actually base game characters that would have been included yeah. previously. And this just exacerbates yeah. the issues we were talking about a couple weeks ago, because this limits the 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 um, the pool of characters even further, which goes against the spirit of of the the game as it originally was uh the ability right. to switch in and out and strategically uh you know change characters and sort of counter other characters and, and that whole aspect yeah. of it yeah if somebody can only play genji <laughs> like what i basically never touched genji because i just wasn't good with him right like i was a diva yeah. i was a diva main mm-hmm. now i have to what play 25 hours or however long to to get to unlock diva like that's however however long it takes you to get 100 matches which could be a very substantial amount of time because matches can go pretty long. They can go like 10 minutes, can't they? Yeah, and depending on, like, if you're queuing as DPS, yeah. however long that takes with the fucking roll queue. I'm in a situation where if I wanted to play Overwatch, whatever account I originally used was, like, tied to... I don't even use that anymore. Like, I've changed platforms. I've, like... I, I just... I'm in a different setup. So... Yeah. My what I would be doing is I would be starting fresh. And so I would have to deal with all of these. There was a way before, like, like to tie your PlayStation account. Yeah. to A Blizzard account. Yeah. And then it's supposed to all. So that's the other problem is that uh, if you played Overwatch before, you know, you get access to the new character. You're supposed to get all your cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not working. Of course. That's not working. I'm guessing that was part of the maintenance. I think the maintenance is just for login. Oh, wow. Problems because they claimed they were getting DDoS, which, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you were. 
The problem is, is that anytime Blizzard has any kind of network issue, they instantly say DDoS. Oh, the boy, and the boy who kind cried of, DDoS. It's kind of, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And like DDoSs are hard to counter. Like I know that. Yeah. But like, eh, I just think that you, you know, weren't prepared for free to play. Yeah, because like despite all these issues, it does sound like a lot of people are getting back into the game. Especially because they don't have to pay for it. Yeah, this, yeah. this was the right move for Overwatch to go free to play for a long time. And it's probably going to in the long term pay off for them. But like, man, in the current state, <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. Yeah. I was I tried to watch some gameplay because I was like, all right, what what is actually materially changed for for the gameplay? I'm watching. I'm seeing that I'm seeing gameplay on the same maps I played in 2016. Yeah. And it looks the fucking same. Sure. It looks the fucking same, except now there's there's one tank. Right. Because it's 5v5, like, right? Yeah. And I'm seeing and I'm seeing and I'm seeing uh, healers die immediately. Like, that's the difference. Yeah, I think the gate was a GameSpot's review. They basically said this would be a, this is a really good Overwatch update, but it fails as a sequel because it's just not there's not enough to differentiate it between right. the original. And wasn't there supposed to be like a whole solo thing? The PVE, yeah, uh, which was supposed to like really make it seem like a different game. Yes. Which was at one point, I think like you would have to pay for that. Right. I don't know if they're still doing that. That is was delayed until next year at some point. There's no date on that. Who knows if that's even still coming, to be honest with you. Right. You know what I bet? Um, and I have no basis for this, but remember how they used to do like, they would do events like for holidays and stuff and they would have these like PVE little se- se- segments that you would play through over and over again. Yeah. I bet if they scrap the whole, the whole like, that whole thing as like a, a package, they might take whatever they've done and, and sort of um, dispense it throughout like events and, and give you like- Make it seasonal. Yeah, make it seasonal, give you pieces here and there, which like I wouldn't be opposed to that. But then it's also just more of the same, <laughs> right because they were already doing that in the past anyway yeah i don't know and that was that was the problem is that they stopped like coming out with new events yeah in like 2018 yeah lucy i remember lucio ball was it called yeah was sick that was like their overwatch uh uh clone um no you mean (laughs) rocket rocket league there was a rocket league clone and it was very fun um obviously it it didn't have like the legs to be a a permanent game mode but to jump into that for a couple weeks out of the year was really cool yeah the problem was that they just kind of kept doing the same every year. It was the same Junkenstein, yep. uh, you know, five minute event. Yeah, that you would have to year. just grind and play over and over again if you wanted the, yeah. to actually like gain XP and stuff from it. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought about checking this out. Um, and, you know, with it being free to play, there is no real barrier to entry except for the phone thing. Um, but like, I don't know. NHL is coming out next week and MLB is still in doing a lot of stuff. So I don't really feel like I have any need to even download Overwatch. It's, it's free and it doesn't seem worth the hassle it's, yeah yeah it's like do i really want to like bother to send like set my console or pc to even download it like and then there's login problems and then i don't even know if i get my shit that i got from overwatch one mm-hmm. yeah remember when like, we were I, all going for the uh was mercy witch the halloween yeah yeah which that whole loot box system sucked too because you'd just have to keep playing until you got something you wanted or you'd have to spend a ridiculous amount of like currency to outright purchase the skin so i'm glad they I think that i think that one was before you could even purchase skins oh was it oh my god and somehow yeah. i think we all like ended up getting it luckily yeah um, at least I at least i, I did i think i might have purchased like five loot boxes for that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, so I'm glad they've done away with that system. Um, although I don't know how much of that was like they're choosing to or whether it's like a regulations thing. But right. uh, yeah, I'm sure the like if you're into like buying cosmetics and stuff, I'm sure the item shop system that they have now is much better because you can just outright get what you want, you know? Yeah. Um, so there is that. But yeah, I don't know. Oh. 
We're at two hours. We got a couple things. I don't even know if I want to talk about Joe Biden again. Ah, oh, you might as well. It's been in the notes for a couple weeks now. Yeah. All right. Joe Biden. Everybody's giving him uh, a slap on the back because yesterday he said that uh, marijuana is cool, um, except people are already realizing that that means nothing. Right. Uh, because all of the um, marijuana uh, prosecution is at the state level. Yeah. And so this is like for like 70 people or some ridiculously low number. It's like a thousand something, which still relatively yeah, it's low. Like, it's like it's. It's, it's like a drop in the bucket, yeah. which is like what everything he does is. Uh, so it's a nice it's a nice statement saying that uh, people shouldn't be in jail for weed, but it's actually not doing anything again. Uh, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> and like my issue with it, too, is why wasn't this declared on day one of the presidency? Because it was right. such and we know why, because it's a really nice headline to, to have when midterms are coming up. But like, yeah, you, you can't give him credit for this because it's two years later than he should have done it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then the other one from a couple weeks ago was that uh, his fantastic $10,000 of uh, student loan forgiveness uh, does not apply to FFEL loans uh, because those are technically private loans that are just guaranteed by the government. Oh, wow. Which is a to which is a totally different thing than federal loans. That's totally different. Um, and they let you know this the day after the deadline to convert your loans to direct federal loans. Oh, no. So you couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so mean. Just, so just, yeah, completely evil shit. They basically said to these people that had these types of loans to uh, wait, wait for further guidance before we tell you if you can, if you should uh, convert your loans to direct federal loans or not. They never told them anything. There was a deadline. The day after the deadline, they said, and like not even very publicly, they said, yeah, these loans aren't eligible for the forgiveness. That's like some sinister shit there. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But not surprising, yeah, though. Mostly because they don't want to piss off these private loan providers. Right. Which, which fuck you, you're rotten ghouls anyway. You're, you're, you are trying to make people pay back loans that are already federally guaranteed by the government. Mm -hmm. What's the fucking difference? What's the fucking difference? Cancel it all. What's the fucking difference? It's insane. So yeah, so just millions of people are just immediately ineligible for the loan forgiveness. Crazy. The the, ti the tiny little loan forgiveness. So it went from something that was like a half measure when it was first announced. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is something, but it's not nearly enough to, wow, they are like actively trying to get people to, trying to trick people essentially. Yeah. Um. So yeah, shame, shame on them. Mm -hmm. Horrible. Yeah. It's the yeah, it's the same thing with the with the weed shit. It's like you you could say you could say all up and down that you know nobody should be in jail for for marijuana convictions, but then you're not you're not actually doing anything. Yeah, it's like what a thousand people that have been federally charged. Right. That's all you that's all you can do. All the charges are at the state level. You can't do anything. He said he encourages the state uh, lawmakers to to do this, but like yeah, so do I. What, yeah, do? I know, right. <laughs> Okay. Like, fucking Christ. Also, how have they not gotten Brittany Griner out of Russia yet? I don't think they give a shit. That's what it seems like to me, because I feel like that... He's too busy. He's too busy hyping up another war. Oh, I saw that, too. It, yeah. It's Armageddon, man. <laughs> not since not since the 1960s has there been uh, this much of a uh, nuclear threat, I think, was the, the yeah. announcement he made. Ukraine needs our nukes. They need our cash. 
Ukraine needs that $10,000 for the loans. But yeah, imagine being like Brittany Griner's family and seeing him make this sort of meaningless announcement about marijuana here in the States when they've done seemingly nothing to try and get her home. Like, mm-hmm. God damn. It's great. Yeah, it's... Ugh. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Man. I, I just can't wait. It's going to be... It's going to be like... So so the, for the for the loan thing, uh, you have to, uh, quote unquote, apply for it, um, even though like they're saying that it's not an application. Right. It's just being it's like it, it, they're they're making you jump through hoops when they're like, oh, we have your information. This should already be processed. But you should you should apply anyway. This is not an application, by the way. But you should apply. Is that kind of like when so you have to do your taxes, but they have all that information anyway? Seems like it seems like it. It's like, yeah, you have my loans. I pay you my loans. Uh, so are you going to cancel the $10,000? Oh, no, you have to tell us to do that. Oh, so you mean I have to apply for it? No, you don't have to apply, but you should apply. Do, do you guys need another verb? I think you need another verb here. Like, what I do think you, so, yeah. What the fuck is this? They'll give us that so, verb yeah, a day after the deadline ends for this. Uh, no, they will. Yeah, because it's supposed to be uh, this month and it's already a week into this month and there's been nothing. Yep. So there's that. Like, God damn. Just kicking the can down the road. I can't wait because, uh, you know, how January is the last time they're going to uh, delay payment or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the, the third last time. Sure. Because they've, they've done this two more times before it. I just can't wait until January where they're going to delay it like another month again. Because what's the difference? There is no the difference. The world continues to spin. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing, right? Um, is that canceling out all this student debt really doesn't harm anybody. No. Whatsoever. These, these fucking loan providers whose sole job seems to be to create shitty websites that we have to create logins for yeah. <laughs> and see see how how depressed we are. Uh, that seems to be their entire function. Yeah, uh, they can just decide to just you know stop doing business with with no repercussions mm-hmm. whatsoever. They can just be like, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. We're we're done. Um, see you later. We might send you an email. So and they can apparently just function without revenue for months on end. Like, what's the difference? Right. None of this shit matters. No, it doesn't. It's all made up. Insane. It is. It fucking is. I think about that more often, more and more often nowadays, how everything's just made up. Right. Some stupid things going on. Somebody made that up at one point, and now we have to, now we have to deal with it. Yes, exactly. Like, who the fuck invented that shit? Equifax. Equifax, who fucking, uh, I had no, no, no consent for them to have all of my precious identity information. Mm-hmm. They just lost it, just gave it to somebody. <laughs> I didn't even know you existed when I was 18. Just lost all my information. It's, Social it's sh- not security. funny. I'm, I'm sorry I'm laughing. But. No, it's, no, it is. It's fucking hilarious. I had no idea they existed. I'm 18 years old. They have all of my pertinent information. Social security, address, blood type probably. Just lost it all. By the way, don't forget to give Gary Phillips your credit card information later. We want to get those oh, yeah, euros. I got to do that. I need the, I need the those, those Especially loans. with these yeah. the student loans up in the air, you gotta get those euros. Right, I need that before January. Yeah, it's unfucking believable. Go vote in the midterms, everybody. Yeah, yeah. see everything we've done for you. Is that everything? We do a show. Sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Talking about Joe Biden, just like maybe that's why he's so sleepy. It just it just saps all the energy out of no, me. No, he's Talking he's, about Joe Biden. he's very old. <laughs> It's just it's just amazing how like horny they get for war, you know? Mm-hmm. They just they just can't get enough. Like you just see the fangs come out. Oh, this could be Armageddon. This is this is it. This is it. It's go time. How lucky it's I am time, to be Jack. in charge at this this significant moment here and to have all the decision it's go making. Time. Yeah. His wrinkly fingers on the button. Mm-hmm. It's great. What's the oh, movie? Christ. What's the Kubrick movie? Oh, damn, I forget the forget the name. Oh what? The Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange Love. There we go. Yeah. That movie yeah. is timeless. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
All right. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week unless, you know, the bombs fall. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for our program. Really do appreciate it. Uh, bef- before you get a nuke dropped on your head, check out the VOD from September's live show. It's up on YouTube and on video.denitor.co. Yes, if you have 10 minutes to live, <laughs> then minutes, you yeah. should do nothing other than go watch the VOD of last week's live show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Denner Road, Facebook.com slash Denner Road TV, Twitch.tv slash Denner Road TV, where we'll be doing another live show this month. Uh, at some point, we got to pick a date. Uh, Whether it's in the pre or post apocalypse, you get to. Yeah, you know, I might be growing some more organs. I got to get that checked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube surf at Denner Road TV, uh, Kofi, Kofi.com slash Denner TV, and you can email us anything at all, video at Denner Road.co. That's going to do it for us. We will see you sometime in the future. Take it easy.